0: Welcome to Artistic Accomplices. I'm your host, Eric Scott, and this is the podcast that's all about art, creativity, and learning. We all could use a little creative nudge every now and then something that will prod us, encourage us, and give us a shot of inspiration. Well, Artistic Accomplices is the podcast that does just that. It gives you small doses of motivation and creative encouragement so as you make create play and live i'm here to share my thoughts on art creativity and learning i'm also going to interview artists writers educators and much much more so like the gym buddy that motivates you to hit the gym on a regular basis artistic accomplices is that little voice in your ear telling you to hit the studio or to pull out the paints or to pick up the pen Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey, 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 thank you so much for joining me once again. I am your host, Eric Scott, and this is the Artistic Accomplices Podcast. And today I want to tackle something that I've brought up before, something that's been on my mind uh, here of late, and I think it it's a misunderstanding that many people have about creativity. And like I said, I, I've touched on this before, but today I want to go a bit more deeply into it because I think there is a fundamental fundamental misunderstanding about making and creating. Now, I've said again and again that I believe everybody is creative and that creativity looks different for everybody. But I, th- I think there are some uh, common myths and misconceptions that people have about creativity. And I think one of those is that they feel like creating is all about making some That the artist, the songwriter, the writer, whoever the creative person is, that they, they get this thing in their mind. That they imagine or envision this thing in their heads. And then they turn around and then they make that very particular thing. So they sit down and bring this very specific, very particular thing into existence. And and I think that this is a, a very common conception of what creating is. I mean, after all, if we look up the word create in the dictionary, you will see a definition about making something. But I think creativity is more than that. And I think that when a creative individual sits down to do something creative, that It's not just this, oh, I thought this thing up. Now I'm going to put it onto paper or make it out of food or write a song about this thing. I think there's a lot more, I think there's a lot more discovery in that process. And I know for myself that when I make my art, I'm discovering something. And it's that discovery that keeps me coming back and i'm thinking that it's probably pretty similar with other creatives out there in whatever their creative endeavor is now i'm not saying that we don't start off with an idea i mean i i think we have an a a vague notion of something that we want to create but it's when we sit down and begin messing around with our materials or plucking the keys of the piano or putting down words on paper or into the computer that we start to discover exactly what needs to come out. And so I I don't think we fully envision that we fully imagine this this thing. So I think for me and I know for lots of other people that art is a process of discovery not a recreation of some mental image i mean if i already know what it's going to be and what it's going to look like why why do i want to make it then i mean if i figured it all out uh what's the purpose of making it other than to be able to like show other people um i'm not discovering anything there's nothing there's nothing there's no real meat there for me at least personally maybe other people feel differently but um, if I already know what's what it's what it's going to be, why do I want to do it? I mean there's got to be something bigger a bigger reason for that So like I said I might have something in mind but through the creative act I'm discovering something new and, and at times I might go in a completely different direction because of the journey that creating takes me on and I think the act of, creating something is a journey that we have this kind of vague notion of a destination out there but it is it is that process of discovery and we find that path as we go we don't map it out and i think if we try to map it out we end up kind of going off the map anyway so i've said i've said something on the podcast before and i've said it a lot while I've been teaching and that is that there are kind of two versions of the work there is the version that we are envisioning the one that's in our mind that mental image that we have and then there's the actual work that we're making and that those are really two different things and if we are so attached to the mental image then it's very hard for us to make the work that's in front of us because no matter what, our mental image and what we're making, I don't believe it's ever going to be congruent. I don't think it's ever going to come out exactly the same. I just don't think that happens because I think what happens is that when we envision something, we have this very vague uh, notion of what it is. I mean, we, we, if I'm sitting down thinking about a work of art, I have an idea. Uh, maybe there's a mental picture, but it's not very clear. I mean, we may, we may feel like we see it clearly, that if I close my eyes, oh, I see all the detail. But really, can we map out our journey to creating it? I mean, there, there's going to be so many things that come up as we're making, as we're creating, that we can't even envision. We can't even imagine. We can't really predict in our, our minds of how materials are going to react to one another and how how things are going to develop as they go. So we might feel like we can see it clearly and distinctly, but I th- I always believe it's, it's a very vague concept, a very distant notion, and we get in trouble when we're, when we're trying to make the work copy this mental vague vision that we have. And like I said, I don't believe they ever really match. And so at some point, we have to kind of let go of that mental image that we have. And we have to accept the work that we're making, the work that is in front of us, whatever that is, a song, um, you know, a, a beautiful cake, uh, <clears throat> you know, a, a painting, whatever it is. And unfortunately, if we are attached attached to that mental image, then I think there's going to be a lot of struggle a lot of disappointment and a lot of, of frustration going on. But if we really embrace the creative process and understand it as a process of discovery, we can get out of our own heads and we can discover something maybe about ourselves, maybe about the creative process itself, maybe about being human in a broader term or maybe living and existing in this world or maybe we learn something about other people. Um, so there's all these things that we can discover if we open ourselves to that process of discovery. So why do we have this conception anyway, you know, that artists and writers and musicians and whoever these creative folks are create all of this like in their head that they they have this very vivid mental picture and that they are just sitting down at the paper or the canvas or the clay or the stone or the instrument and, and just sort of taking what they have in their head and blah, there it is. It's on the paper, the canvas, whatever. Well, like I said, I think it's one of those myths, one of those misconceptions that we have about creativity. Um, I always speak from an art standpoint, since I'm a visual artist, uh, but I think it, it, it's broader than just visual arts. And, I, and maybe it's because as artists and writers and as creative individuals, people have always tried to describe their creative process. And, and so this might be one way, they're like, oh, I think of this and then it comes out of me. Um, for, I think for a lot of people, that just makes more sense so I I think it's partly that too that this is a simpler way of wrapping our brains around this sort of mysterious mythical thing that we call creativity I mean because a lot of other artists sort of describe it as something magical um, or something divine and I don't don't necessarily believe that either So I don't think it's one or the other maybe it's a bit of a combination of both Um, But anyway, that notion that we think of something and then we bring it forth into reality is a very simple and clean and easy to understand way of imagining what creating is. We conceive the idea, then we execute the idea, simple and clean. But maybe it's also because of the way we're often taught whether it was an art class or music class, or maybe it's a workshop that we're taking out in the world somewhere that we are often given directions on how to make a project that we don't have to actually bring anything forth that we're given the thing. And so with, in our learning throughout the years of school, we are often given a thing that we are going to make. You know, the teacher holds up an example. The teacher shows us this is how you do this. You follow this, 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 this step, and you get this. And so we kind of think like, oh, well, that's, you know, I, the teacher must have had this idea. And then they developed these steps and then they came up with this thing because we see a thing. And then we, we kind of internalize that, right? We, we look at that and we go, oh, okay, that's a jack-o'-lantern. That's what the jack-o'-lantern looks like. That's what the teacher wants me to make. I've, in, I've internalized that. That's what I'm making. I'm making this jack-o'-lantern. And then I set out to make the jack-o'-lantern. And if I follow the steps of the teacher, I make that jack-o'-lantern. And then there's always the example of the jack-o'-lantern there for me to emulate. And there's no room for discovery. And actually a lot of teachers discourage discovery. They discourage, uh, kind of deviating from the path that they've laid. Whereas really with, if art is about discovering, it's about finding your own path. And we remake what has been made before and there's no discovery. And I think that's a pattern that we see over and over again. Look at projects that happen in school. Look at the projects that happen in adult workshops out there. So <clears throat> I think that's part of it. So all this stuff kind of goes into building these myths. But the problem is that as an artist, I don't know any other artists that work that way, that, that conceive this thing and then devise the steps. Yeah, some artists do, but I think most often that it is all about discovery. And so I have to wonder, like, if that's the way I do it, if that's the way a lot of my artistic friends are doing it, I wonder if, it, if it's the same for other artistic and en- or uh, creative endeavors, whether it's the same for writers, songwriters, uh, you know, chefs, things like that, where you're you're creating something, that you're not just remaking something or following the steps or the recipe uh, that somebody else developed. Um, so I wanna give you a little insight into my process, okay? Because even this, this podcast, as I'm creating it, I'm discovering things. Um, so as I create each episode, I discover things and even when I record the episode, I discover things and things come to mind that I didn't think of before. So I'm going to give you a little bit of insight into at least my process. I don't know if this is how every podcaster does it, but I sit down and I try to have a theme for the podcast Uh, Something that I'm going to talk about, something, some kind of words of wisdom that I can give you to help encourage you. I mean, after all, this is all about artistic accomplices. So I'm trying to give you uh, advice, ideas that are going to get you excited, that are going to get you out of a rut, that are going to get you making and creating. And so creating this podcast, creating an episode is an act of discovery for me. So let me kind of take you through how I do this. So I, I, like I said, I kind of come up with an idea, something that I feel is worth talking about for 30 minutes to approximately an hour. Um, I've done a lot of these just sort of me talking. I do want to do more interviews, but uh, I kind of digress there. Uh, But so anyway, so I, I come up with this theme and then usually what happens is I finish up one podcast and it goes out, and then I, I start mauling over ideas, like what, what, what's the theme? And so I, t- I intentionally take two weeks between. I know other podcasters are like every week they come up with another episode, and I just I don't know how they do it because um, just doing it every other week, it really takes a lot of time. It can take uh, up to an entire day to kind of get everything together and do everything that, that's needed for a single episode. Um, so I over the the two weeks in between podcast episodes, I think about these ideas, these themes that I want want to kind of talk about, and then over that time, I start mulling over ideas like what what would be the the main gist of the of the talk if I was talking about this thing. So I might. I might go over two or three different themes kind of bouncing things back and forth, or maybe there's just like one idea that's really kind of coming up or maybe I'm just so busy that I really don't have time to think about it until it's almost time to record a new episode. Um, so again, I'm just kind of like mauling things over. And then as I get closer and closer to, to the time where I, when I need to record the podcast, which is usually the day before it airs, um, I kind of settle on an idea, I mean, I have to. I'm not very good about sitting down and just kind of speaking without without thinking it through. Um, I stumble a lot I try to form my words together and they just kind of, they don't come out as well as I hope. Um, So I have to sit down and I, I write something up. At first, when I first started doing this, it was a real rough outline, but here lately I write out a rough script almost Like I imagine myself speaking um, and talking into the microphone and that I I try to write it in a very conversational kind of way, but it does become almost like a script. But of course I don't read it. Um, I use it as a guideline and then I, you know, I go back and I add and maybe I cut things out. Uh, But writing it out helps me envision where this is going and helps me work out my ideas and what happens things go in a different direction than I could ever, ever imagine. Um, So this week's episode, um, I hadn't really thought too much about it, but I've kind of had this notion of discovery uh, in the back of my mind. Um, But I sat down today to work on something a little bit different. I have some upcoming workshops, and so I sat down to kind of work on those. And in that, I decided that I was going to kind of – look at some things uh i've been reading some things that have kind of like uh piqued my interest and so i sat down i'm working on this this uh upcoming workshops that i have and i decided i'm like okay i'm going to look at linda berry's new book if you're not familiar with linda berry i would say get familiar with her Uh, she is an artist she's an illustrator uh, an author an educator um she's she's gotten into uh graphic novels and comics and she's kind of stumbled into teaching and in 2019 this past year she was one of the recipients of a macarthur grant a lot of people call them the the macarthur genius awards uh and she's released uh, quite a few books uh but here her latest book, Making Comics, is kind of a how-to book, uh, and it's it's based on a class that she taught that she teaches actually about making comics, and she goes about it in a very different way. So I was really taken, <clears throat> excuse me, I was really taken by the uh, kind of the beginning, the commentary, the introduction, the things that she was talking about leading up to like the how-to part. And so I haven't read the whole thing. Um, I got it a few weeks ago, and I think I got it like right at the the right time because I have these upcoming workshops. Uh, you know, I'm thinking about discovery as a topic for the podcast. And as I'm like working on this workshop, and I'm thinking about how I might use her words, uh, her ideas in this workshop, it dawned on me like, wait a minute, no, this is. This is something that I need to talk about on the podcast. And so I kind of I turned away from the workshop and I opened up a new file and I started writing and I knew that I had to reference her and quote her, uh, but I really had no idea of the structure or the flow of this episode. I didn't really know. I mean, yeah, it's about discovery and I'm going to use Linda Barry, but how does that all go? What is, what's the, the sequence that I'm going to go through? What am I going to focus on? What, what, what are the words that I'm going to use? And like I said, I, I don't read the word, uh, the words word for word, but they're there as a skeleton. And sometimes I do, sometimes I go back and I use similar language or I look and I see a sentence and I'm like, oh, that looks really good. I need to make sure I, I use that and so anyway i sat down and i hashed out this rough, rough script and th- that script is the basis of the episode so i have that script open in front of me and i've got the software in the background recording as i'm talking and you can't see it but i love to talk with my hands it makes me more comfortable i should always like video myself because i'm sitting here and my hands are flailing about um, but i am using that Those words that write up as the skeleton, as what's going on. But as I do that, as I'm writing this up, like I said, I'm discovering a lot. And even when I sit down to record the episode, as I'm talking, as I'm going through it, things come up that I didn't think about. And so I throw those in or I I think of ideas and tangents and I put those in there. And all that comes together into this episode so but it's not like I sat down and started like visualizing or imagining all the the words I didn't know what I was going to say I didn't know what the main point of this is other than art is an act of discovery and so if I had really if I had a real strong preconceived notion of what this podcast episode would have been then I would have tried to force everything into that mold. So if I would have right from the beginning set out like, oh, no, boom, 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 here are all the things that I'm going to talk about and then try to keep it just like that and in that order, I might not have discovered anything. And I think it is important to allow yourself that room. Uh, when Linda Berry's talking about drawing in this book, Making Comics, there's a great quote, so I'm going to read this quote to you. Your hands need time to wonder enough to be able to find something you weren't aware of. Like an expedition partner who can see things you can't. The hand is experiencing the same world in a different way. It's you, but not you. And that that phrase that that's those couple of sentences really just rang with me like this, this notion of your hand needing time to wander around enough to be able to find something that you weren't even aware of. And so I think if we try to like stick to this mental image, then we're not giving ourselves that time. So I believe that this is really true of creativity in general, that we need that time to wander around and find something that we weren't aware of and that's the act of discovery that's what art is to me so when i sit down and i'm creating if i have this very specific notion of what it is supposed to be i'm not giving myself room or space to allow my hand to wander i'm attached to this mental image that i have and i'm probably not going to let go of it very easily i'm not going to allow any type of discovery and so as i'm working as my hand is moving and i'm putting paint on the paper my mind's kind of working and twisting and turning but more on a subconscious level so ideas start sort of firing up in my brain um connections are being made and ideas are starting to emerge and things start to kind of go in their own direction and and for me at least the beginning of a project is so full of possibility and it's it's a lot of fun to start the a painting to start a work of art to start A podcast and it starts to develop its own path of of where it's going. I'm trying to be open to that wandering, allowing my hand, whether it's my hand physically with a pencil or a paintbrush or my hand as far as the words wandering on a page. And that's one of the reasons why I do like to write a lot with a pen or a pencil. And I don't do that necessarily with the podcast, but I do that with a lot of my other writing that I will sit down with a pen and a pencil because allowing your hand to move. And so I do a lot of, of uh, reflective writing in my journal. I do a lot of stream of consciousness or free writing as they call it. And so it just allows me that room to wander. And that's the that's the sense of discovery, allowing your hand to wander. And so it might be on paper with a pen or a pencil it might be with a chunk of clay it might be on the keys of a piano it might be uh, words on a page it can be so many different things but if we can really stay present with what's happening in front of us and not trying to be attached to this mental image we have not being attached to the, what the outcome of what we're doing is then we can be open so if we can really be present with that what is happening in front of us we can allow ourselves the room for something to emerge that we could not have planned or conceived of just by sitting here and thinking of it and so our hand and our mind it's working they're working together and so something new gets conceived because of the hand moving and our minds moving as well at the same time and not being caught up in what it's supposed to be, not caught up in this thing in this, this thing that I'm creating. And so it can build and relate to something that I have in mind, um, it, it you know so it could be oh here's this i want to talk about discovery and but allowing my hand to wander allowing my words to wander around then i can discover something and so i'm working without preconceived notions and i can leave room for something new to to emerge when we're really stuck to that preconceived notion when we we are really attached to that what i'm making has to be exactly the way i'm in- imagining it imagining it when it's when we have all these preconceived notions we don't leave any room for anything new we don't we don't leave any room any room for discovery we don't leave any room for simple simply wandering now, at some point, yeah, my hand is wandering around and I'm, I'm coming up with words or I'm creating something, but then I do have to kind of sit back and I have to look at what has has come about from this and and how has my mind and my hand kind of been working together to kind of create something new. And I do have to go back and I do have to polish it and I do have to, to not just let it wander all over the place. And so I do go back and I work it and I change things. Um, but I find that whenever I can really allow that openness that I don't make huge, huge changes in the work. Um, so yeah, so we can get so caught up in, in what the thing is that we're creating that we just leave no room for discovery, And maybe that's kind of where the magic lies, that magic of your mind and your hand working together in this really unexplained way. But I think it it comes from being very present with ourselves, very present in being in the moment, being here now as the work is creating and not being attached to judgments and not being attached to the ideas that we have and allowing things to to wander and allowing that sense of discovery so i think we like to think of creativity as something magical that it's that it's something magical and mystical and i mean there are even books out there that talk about that um and, and to me, that that just seems a little bit too easy of a way to kind of think about creativity. It it kind of puts it out there like you know, like you're not in control of it, but I think we are in control of it. I think we have power over it. We just have to kind of make that space. And so if we can, when we can when we can get into that state of mind, and we can really allow things to flow, I mean that it feels like magic. And, and possibly that is the real magic of creating is that there's this, that, that something new comes about, not necessarily from some divine power or some mystical energy or some place that only special people have privilege to it comes about because our hand is moving we've made room for our hand to wander around a little bit and for our mind to wander as well and our mind being present and so i think that act of discovery is that act of magic and that's why we feel like it's it's such an awesome amazing magical thing when we're in that state of mind but linda berry talks about this she says that we are practicing a physical activity with a certain state of mind so she's talking about drawing and how she wants the students in her class she wants them to put away their phones and she wants them to be very present in the class and she talks about how you know they are practicing a physical activity with a certain state of mind. So when you do that, when you're when you're creating whatever that physical activity is, it, it might be writing, it might be fingers on the piano, it might be fingers on guitar strings, whatever it is, that if we approach it with a certain state of mind, that one of openness that one of deep presence, then we allow room for something to be discovered that we weren't even sure we were looking for. And I think that's when that magical stuff happens. And I think we label it as magic because it feels so much like magic, but it's just leaving ourselves that space and not being attached to these, these ideas. And not being attached to the outcomes. And I think that's what people want. And if you ever l- watch little kids, whether they're singing or dancing or, uh, or drawing, that they do it with such confidence because they are grounded in the moment. Linda Berry talks about four-year-olds in her her book because she thinks that they have that openness that willingness that that presence because you know, when you're four years old, you don't really have much of a concept of past and present. You don't have this concept of like, there's this mental image. It's just about this physical act. Like I'm watching the pencil move across the paper. I'm jumping up and down and dancing and I'm feeling my body move and I'm hearing the music. I I'm just going to sing silly songs because it makes me feel good. And it's that, I think that, that, that joy that little kids have that often we want to recapture and that we think about maybe, or maybe it's in the back of our minds when we're, when we're wishing to create. And I think that's why a lot of people want to get back into creating as they get older, because they feel like I'm missing something and they want that magic back, but they're misconceiving what the magic is. They think the magic is, Oh, I'm making this thing. And it looks like this image that either I have in mind or somebody has put into my mind. But really that magic is it comes from practicing a physical activity with a certain state of mind. So if we can become deeply present with our creativity as we are working. And and making and singing and whatever it is. That's going to allow us to make connections that we could never have conceived in any other way and so those connections are going to be made new ideas are going to come forth and we're going to discover something that we didn't even know we were looking for it's going to emerge from that that merging of mind and hand of being doing or of doing that physical activity with that state of mind and and that's yeah like i've said that is the the magic so i encourage you to start thinking about creativity as an act of discovery as a process and keep that in mind keep that linda berry quote in mind your hand needs time to wander enough to be able to find something you weren't aware of, like an expedition partner who can see things you can't. The hand is experiencing the same world in a different way. It's you, but not you. And so we're not thinking deeply about it. We're letting the hand wander. And, and I just had this thought of, you know, thinking about a, a songwriter and just tinkering away on a piano and just letting the hand kind of dance around and creating a melody and how many times have i heard musicians talking and songwriters talking about how they just had this little melody going over in their head and they just kind of picked it up or picked it out on the guitar or plinked it out on the piano and it just sort of kept they kept coming back to it there was something there something there and that when they let their hand wander a bit more something really just really came about so Anyway, kind of as you go out into the world over the next couple of weeks, keep that in mind. What are you discovering when you are making, when you are creating? How can you allow that openness? How can you be present enough to allow your hand to wander? That's the process of discovery. I believe art, creativity, is all about discovery. So, <clears throat> thus ends another episode of Artistic Accomplices. I'm so glad that you joined me for another one. Um, thanks so much, and as always, happy creating. This has been Artistic Accomplices. I'm your host, Eric Scott. Thank you for joining me.